Welcome to the DL. This is the show where we talk about everything in the truck and equipment repair industry. It's my job to help inform and educate you on ways to help your business. We talk with technicians, business owners, associations, industry experts, manufacturers, and even a few you wouldn't think traditionally apply to your business. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of the DL. I am your host, Tyler Robertson, also the CEO and founder of Diesel Laptops. This is the podcast and YouTube show where we talk about everything to do with heavy truck and equipment repair. And although we had a lot of episodes talking about other things, growing your business and all that type of stuff, today we're going to dwell a little bit into the world of heavy-duty truck parts. So with me today via Zoom all the way from Pennsylvania-ish area, I'd like to welcome Daniel Simon, a product manager with Dorman Products. Welcome to the show, sir. Thanks so much, Tyler. Really, really happy to be here. So... Let's just, at first, we need to explain to everyone who Dorman is, right? Because I think a lot of people know you as the automotive company. You're in, I think, like every Napa and O'Reilly's and you guys are everywhere, right, in the automotive section. But what is Dorman doing in the HD business and, and where did you guys come from? How did, how did that happen? Yeah, it's, it's a great question. And, um, you know, our, our heavy duty business was, we looked at it as really a natural extension of all the growth we had found in, in the light duty space. So you're right, right? A legacy automotive aftermarket company. We've been around for 100 plus years. Um, Our entire vision is expanding the entire size of our respective aftermarkets, really one innovation at a time. So whether that's finding a new part that is only available at the OE or finding a high failure prone part, fixing the original problem with the OE part and then bringing that as a solution. Um, That's really where our focus is. And back in uh, the early 2000s, we really identified that the heavy duty space was even more linked to the dealer network. And there was a smaller scope in the aftermarket than we had seen in light duty. And for us to really continue on the growth patterns, we really needed to identify some new adjacent markets and medium and heavy duty was a natural fit for us. So when we first entered that space, you know, we really kept with the exact same vision and strategy to try to find product categories that are really underserved, but that make sense to be available in, in the heavy duty aftermarket. So just to give everyone a sense of scale here, and I can throw these numbers out here because you guys are a publicly traded company, right? So Correct. this year, it looks like you guys are going to hit a billion dollars a year in sales, which would be a, a, a you know a new first for Dorma, which is a huge number. I know that you guys have thousands of employees, but you know I was cranking out the math here before the show. And if I include weekends and holidays in there, on an average day, Dorman produces 14 new part numbers to the market. That is an yeah. that is that's just an amazing amount of product to go to, to to introduce to the market on an average day or average month. Uh, how, how do you guys possibly do that? How many people are out there just trying to figure out what what part we make next? Yeah, so I think that's a testament to uh, to to some really phenomenal contributors as well as you know our structure. So we set up our entire organization in, in these business units that really have a lot of autonomy. And their entire focus is to go out there and find new parts, either you know additional gap coverage or totally new product categories that are exclusive to the dealer, and uh, work as quickly uh, you know to, to get those solutions out there. You know, and I look back at it, we still have on display in our innovation team. You know, up on the wall, we still hold a window crank handle. Right, it's one of Dorman's original yeah. innovations. And to think, at some point in time, not that long ago. A window crank handle for you know Buick sedan was a part you could only get at the dealer, um, and that's really where this philosophy came from. And it's been such a wildly successful philosophy finding these niches that 
you know, the aftermarket traditionally doesn't want to service, but the dealer is able to hold on to that. So with a really laser focus on looking constantly for those kind of new categories, we're able to come out with those kind of volume parts. So I had the privilege of touring your place up in Pennsylvania. And I was, you know, first of all, your warehouse looks kind of like the, uh, you know, the Indiana Jones movie where it just kind of goes on forever. And then I found that was like your small warehouse compared to the other, right. one, the other one you guys have. But I, one of the departments in particular I found really fascinating, and that was the ideation department, which sounds like a department like out of a Disney movie or something, right? I love, I love the name <laughs> of it. I want to call one of our departments here the ideation department. Can you explain kind of what the ideation department is and, and how, uh, what they do there? Yeah, certainly. So we, we actually look at our ideation department as one of our product groups. Um, you know, that's how important it is in terms of our success. Um, you know, so we are constantly focused with, you know, boots on the ground, out walking, you know, dealerships, maintaining relationships. Um, our tech services line sits inside of our ideation team. And that is solely focused on supporting the end user, you know, throwing the box away and putting an actual part on a vehicle and continuously continuously engaging the field to find out what those new product opportunities are for us and allowing us to feed it out to all of our product groups to, to really very quickly figure out what the right solution is and bring that out. Yeah, I was surprised just the sheer number of people that are out there just kind of giving you guys feedback all the time. And I got invited even to like a Darman ambassadors group. And I see people out there all the time in the market saying, hey, Darman, you should make this. I've seen eight of these come through my shop in the last two weeks. And you know, I know you guys have other data sources as well, I'm sure, to, to get that information. And it's just, it's impressive to see that and then being able to figure out, okay, we got one guy saying this, how many possible cars are out in the market or trucks in the market that actually need this part and calculate the ROI. There's a lot of science and math going on behind the scenes to figure all those things out. But talking about HD specifically, do you remember kind of the first products that you guys got into the HD market that, that led you there? So, yeah, so, you know, it was before my time with, with Dorman, but, but, you know, our history in the heavy duty space was really focused on some of our best categories that we knew were not currently being uh, serviced in the aftermarket. So it was forward lighting, headlights, coolant reservoirs, um, some, some basic sensors, some switches, some complex electronic switches or multifunction switches. You know, they were key categories for Dorman. And then going back to some of our legacy product groups, right? Window handles and cranks and, and HVAC vents, some things that just don't seem like they're a big deal. But when you start adding up all the regular repairs that go on a vehicle that's getting 100 plus thousand miles on it a year, and if all that's going to the dealer, there's a pretty big opportunity to work on bringing all that out and bringing out a category of parts. So some of the terminology I hear or see on your websites like OE fix. And I, I remember walking through the tour when I was nice enough to get one. You guys actually try to improve the products and make them better. Like you mentioned the surge tank. So the radio, you know, those things and the, the forward lighting. Can you describe a little bit of how you guys try to make things a little bit better than maybe what started on the truck? Yeah, and actually that that's a, a key philosophy for, for us with every single part that we review. So we're going to reverse engineer it. We're going to find out what the failure mode was. And immediately we're going to try to figure out if we can fix something with it. And uh, with OE Fix, we take a couple different avenues of what we define as an OE Fix. It's either going to be re repairing an original um, OE fault that's causing high failure. Examples there are, you know, common failure points, or maybe there's a bracket that's plastic that needs a little bit more strength. Um, or we're going to take something where the dealer's only offering an assembly. Um, I've seen plenty of, say, you know, it's the window reg that goes bad, a window regulator, but the OE is going to sell you the entire door panel, right? And the only thing that actually broke is a regulator itself. So we'll work to break that out and offer just the regulator. 
Um, and then, and then ultimately, you know, we're going to look at what else can we provide in the package to make sure that the actual service tech that's doing this work has everything he needs. Um, but, but you're exactly right. Yeah. OE fix is a big brand for us. We actually just released our newest OE fix guide, um, sort of a, a innovation in itself that we have gotten such uh, strong recognition from this whole OE, con- OE fix concept that we're actually putting out a marketing guide, sort of like a, um, a magazine of the best of the best of all of our OE fixes across the line. And you'd be surprised by how big that book is. Yeah. So for the most part, you know, talking about HD, you guys aren't direct to the end user, right? So where do, where do people go to actually buy your products and, and find and learn more about them? Yeah, it's a great, great question. So we sell, um, you know, we, you're exactly right. We, we do not work directly with, with um, end customers. We're, we're, you know, very heavily focused on aftermarket distribution. You know, we're a legacy aftermarket company. We, we really are big proponents of the aftermarket model. Ultimately, we know that inventory availability and uptime is critical in this space. So having the part available pretty much anywhere in the U.S. within about two hours it is a pretty key component. And we think our distributors do a pretty good job doing that. So, so we're going to continue to focus on that. Um, so we sell through Fleet Pride, Truck Pro, um, you know, Napa stores, uh, automotive stores as well that you know, do some medium duty or heavy duty work um, pretty much across the spectrum of the heavy duty and automotive aftermarket landscapes. So, you know, now that I've, you know, we do parts stuff here. That's kind of how I got to know Dorman a little bit, you know, through the last couple of years. And, you know, one of the challenges I see with manufacturers, especially, you know, there's the top tier guys, the tier one guys, right? They're getting installed on the trucks. They're in stock. They're, they're the dominant players that are in the market today, right? You have all those guys. And for new entrants that want to come in there, it's kind of a hard green to go against because you have predominant players that have stock, have brand name, brand name recognition, have inventory, how do you go? How do you go convince and educate an entire thirty-four billion-dollar truck parts market on? Hey, there's an alternative solution here. You should look at the Dorman product. How do you guys go about doing that? W- would you believe me if I told you almost about one fleet at a time? <laughs> <laughs> it, you know, so, honestly, it wouldn't surprise. It's a, it's a really hard thing. We get a lot of parts manufacturers we talk to, and they're like, "I want to grow my business. I do Google pay per click. I do some Facebook stuff." But the dealers I bring on, they're selling everything. They don't care. Like it's a hard, it's a really hard thing to do. Yeah. So, so look, and and it's real. There is not a single, you know, lever you can pull. There's not a single switch that fixes that. So we've really taken a holistic approach at that. It is a combination of technology. It's a combination of, you know, marketing and branding for awareness. And I think a big piece of it is just boots on the ground. So we've got, you know, both area managers as well as fleet specialists who are out there every day um, working with inventory availability at the street, but then also working directly with fleets. Again, we don't sell direct to fleets, but we are certainly going to talk to them every day. One, to get the buy-in on, you know, the dormant solution versus the OE, make sure that they're comfortable with the part, Um, but then also to find out exactly what the market's looking for and try to bridge that gap between inventory availability at the street and the end user. So we'll, we'll bring that back as, you know, hey, you know, John's trucking over here is, you know, interested in this part, they're ready to go. You know, we just need to get inventory placed for it and work to bring that through. And then from the technology side, you know, we recognize that the bigger you get in terms of parts, you know, the more relevant you are. But the challenge then is I think the days of bringing in a huge catalog of everything that you have and just saying, here, tell me what you want to buy. that, that's really a dying dying day. So, you know, we recognize we had to get much more relevant to the actual end users. So, you know, this is one of those benefits where, you know, coming from the automotive aftermarket, we've really from the beginning focused on cataloging all of our parts, 
you know, through the standard ACA, the Auto Care Associations, ACES and PI standards. So the, the nice thing there is we've got everything linked to an actual vehicle ID in the in the databases. So we know all of our parts, exactly what year make models they fit, right? We have an entire apps team behind the scenes doing that work. And so by doing that, when we go into a fleet, you know, we can very quickly see exactly what that fleet is running. And uh, we've invested in tools to, in an automated way, create catalogs that are specific to just the vehicles and those assets that are in those fleets. So we can work to help get, you know, what is a growing book, like you said, 14 new parts a day, including weekends. And, uh, you know, the pace isn't quite as fast as that in heavy duty, but we're trying uh, to try to take that what is a really big growing book of business there and get it as relevant as possible um, for the individual users so they can they can select a few parts that make sense for them and bring those from the OE back to the aftermarket. So I, yeah, it, it, there's not a, there's not a one one solution <laughs> there. It takes a, a dedicated effort. Yeah. So, you know, and I, I actually kind of knew a little bit about that because I was really fortunate. I happened to be, I was like at HDAW and I was talking to Dorman up there and the, you know, they had their suite where they bring the customers in and there were some, some books there that had like customer names on them. And I was like, kind of, what's that? And when they explained to me what, what you just did, where you can literally walk into a fleet, it, it's okay. The old school way. I walk into a fleet, new, never don't know them. Salesman's like, Hey, I'm Joe from Joe's truck parts. What trucks you got? What could I help you with? You know, they, they have no idea, right? They just come in there trying to trying to get traction. And to see what you guys can come in with and say, look, I already know what trucks you have. I already know what parts I have that fix them. I even know how often they break down. And I actually already know like what you could buy them from us for and what you could buy them from the OEM. Here's how much money I can save you. That is a totally different conversation to have an initial conversation with the customer than the old way of doing things. It, it's got to just blow people away when they when you come in with that kind of information. It, it does, right? And, and you're exactly right. The response on that has been phenomenal. And, and I think there's some companies out there that are doing like any of the pieces pretty well, right? Leveraging some, you know, database work to understand, you know, theoretically who owns what trucks and, you know, trying to regionally place out um, inventory and things like that. But our ability, what we have done behind the scenes to bring all of that together from, you know, who the customer is, what they have, the right parts, you know, what we think the failure rate is, and, uh, and frankly, where, where those, those parts are available in the aftermarket is, uh, is pretty impressive. And then I think one of the things that's nice about our model, because we're not trying to sell a part directly to a fleet, right, because we're focused on aftermarket, um, you know, when our guys are out there going into fleets direct every day, they're really coming in exactly from that, that model you talked about from a, a more of a case study. I, I'm not out there, like I'm not walking the door, you know, like a, like a, you know, the legacy, you know, from a parts store walking in, you know, what trucks do you have trying to scope? We can come in and say these four things we think can move the needle for you. But look, I'm not even selling the part. I just want you to be aware of it. You know, can I get you samples? Can I can I work with you on understanding it better? And uh, and what are we missing? What what's your pain point that you're having with the OE or with you know another supplier? And we can bring that back to our ideation team and, and work on that really quickly. So your local distributor must love it when you just walk in there and say, "Oh, by the way, that guy down the street, I already I already sold him. He's going to buy these things. You just need to put him on the shelf, and here's some free business for you." Is that kind of the way the conversation goes then? Right. Yeah, you, you're right. It, it's sort of right. I mean, but ultimately, you can sit here and complain that your distributors aren't going to put the parts on the shelf and try to sell them or you can go out there and, and generate the, the pull through demand. And uh, we've taken a, a approach that says we need to do everything we can. We need to try to pull every single lever and, uh, you know, build that awareness as quickly as possible. And I think what you're seeing from from entering the heavy duty space in 2012 till now 
in what is, you know, less than 10 years, I think our, you know, the amount of recognition we have, the, uh, some of the fleets that we're working with on a, on a, on a basis like that to communicate and share information, the amount of acceptance we've had in, in that short time is a real, a real testament to that strategy. Yeah. And, you know, it surprised a lot of people I talk about parts so much because we're called diesel laptops, right? And we're selling diagnostic tools. And then we do a little bit of repair information. And I've been, you know, beating the truck parts drum for, you know, a year and a half here. And, and people are always like, why are you talking about truck parts? You're selling diagnostic tools. But I'm like, look, guys, the three work together. You got to have a diagnostic tool. You got to have repair information. And the piece nobody's ever put behind that is if you're using the tool to figure out what part you need to buy, why are you not just telling people what part number you need to buy in order to fix that truck? Even the OEMs don't do it. They don't put the part number right in their service repair information. They say, I need a VGT actuator. And then you got to go to the parts counter and make phone calls and look it up. It's just insanity to me that no one's ever done that before. So I think people are going to be really impressed when our parts platform comes out. Because I, I think at the end of the day, you're trying to do what we're trying to do. We're saying trying to save people time and save people money in that shop environment. That's right. And, 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 you know, then people ask me, why do I spend time thinking about and talking about diagnostic ability and, you know, and tracking abilities and, and parts distribution? Because ultimately we know, I mean, if we can't convince the, the individual shops and fleets and, and, and independent repair facilities that they can do the work, teach them where they can go to, you know, get the diagnostic information, you know, they're ultimately not going to be putting our parts on, on vehicles. So it is, you're exactly right. It is a holistic approach. And as I look out over the three to five year horizon, I mean, if if across the aftermarket industry, we can all figure that out, right? Diagnostics, distribution, and really high quality parts, that, you know, save real money against the OE. You know, if we do that and bring all those three pieces together, I mean, that really changes a bit of the game here. Well, I can tell you by the end of the year, diesel laptops will be going from fault code to part number, to aftermarket alternatives with a couple of clicks of the button, never having to pick up the phone, never have to stop working. It's just gonna be all right there. And I think that's what the industry needs. And I think they're really gonna accept it and say, man, this is this is much better than my old process. Now I just gotta go convince an entire HD parts industry that, hey, there's a, there's a, new, there's a new way of doing this that's gonna be better. And that, that seems now, it's funny, the technology side seems easy to us. Making that perception shift is I think gonna be the real, the real heavy lift because our industry yeah. operates on an old model. Right. And if the industry from the parts side were to recognize, and, and that's happening, right? You know, they're recognizing what that ability can do. You know, there's some of the tools in terms of VIN lookup and stuff like that is really starting to make its way down to the counter level. You know, but if the counter level can integrate into that, right? So you go from fault code to the right part number. And oh, by the way, it's available at these two places within 15 miles in stock. It'll be delivered in an hour. And here's your price, right? You know, delivered. Yep. You know, if we can get to that kind of a service level, you know, that's exactly what you said before. I mean, that's exceeding the OE service level. You know, and if we can do that and try to predict what customers are going to need before they're even having problems, that's a that's a total game changer. We're excited for where the industry's going. So the eye-opening thing here, I want people to understand the HD industry is what he just said from allowing a person to look up their own parts, click a button, and have that part show up in 30 minutes or an hour. It sounds like a far-fetched science fantasy thing, but it happens every day in the automotive industry. Like it is common. There are big, huge distributors with thousands of delivery vehicles, hot shotting parts every day, all day long, making six, eight deliveries of the same facility. You know, Dan, 
Am I wrong in stating that fact? No, but that's exactly right. I mean, because when you think about it in the automotive side, you know, so much of the aftermarket, right? You got the DIY piece, which is important, but from the the traditional side of that business, you know, you've got a car up on the lift today. You don't know what car is coming in. It just shows up in the morning because you know consumers having a problem getting in, you know with their car getting into work. It's on a lift. They diagnose it, and now their whole goal is to get that that. That, that vehicle off the lift. So if they can't get it available in an hour, you're going to go get the OE part, charge the customer the, the OE part price and move it off. But the aftermarket has recognized that their best ability to sell parts into that service channel is to make sure that all those parts are available in, in about an hour or less, right? It's all about, you know, uptime. And that's probably even a more critical issue in the heavy duty space where, you know, if, if it's my personal vehicle, yeah, maybe I can work from home for a couple of days a week. You know, in this this COVID environment, I certainly don't want to work from home anymore. But, uh, <laughs> you know, it's, I have that luxury. But, you know, when you're running a business, you know, you got contracts to maintain. You got, you know, maybe you got refrigerated fruit, food in the back of a trailer. You know, you got a real issue here if you're down. So, so uptime is critical. And uh, having those parts available and a model that can see what the demand is and get a part delivered out immediately that's uh that really changes things here yeah and you know again the point i always prove to people is when you look at auto to truck right those markets trucks consistently been behind about 10 years right you can look at emission requirements you can look at safety features adas all that stuff that's been going on for a decade adas and cars right mm-hmm. it's just finally getting getting some traction in trucks um, the technology, the diagnostic tools, the right to repair, which we'll talk about here in a second, but all that stuff's constantly 10 years behind. So when I tell people, I really think people have the ability to use an app or a web page to order something and it's going to show up and you're going to have multiple options and price points in front of you. I think it's going to be a game changer in the industry. We'll see if I'm right. We'll see how long it takes to happen. But let's go back to right to repair for a second. So, I mean, you are you guys are essentially taking, hey, this OE part, it's no good anymore. I'm making an aftermarket alternative. You used the word reverse engineering earlier, right? Some people think, oh, reverse engineering, that's illegal. You can't do that stuff. Can, can you give a little little color on what reverse engineering actually is and, and why it's a good thing? Yeah, so for us, I mean, we really reverse engineer because what we're trying to find when we get a part in, right? So so you said you talked about our forums, right? So, so yeah, Dorman is pretty um, in the forefront of trying to bring together service professionals across the country into some forums that we have to get that information of, you know, what, you know, like I said, someone seeing, you know, eight parts coming through a shop, you know, obviously this is a problem. So we could come out and just, you know, find a, a version of that off the shelf somewhere and, and, and release the same part but it's probably going to have the same problem, right? So our whole goal with reverse engineering is to try to get down to the bottom of what is causing that high failure rate, right? And, and ultimately to not only figure it out, but to engineer it out. So our engineers are not only experts in, in reverse engineering out to break a part down to figure out exactly how it's made, but we're really trying to diagnose why that part is failing. Is it something that's having too much friction causing, you know, heat buildup in an area that's causing something else to fail, uh, you know, whatever that looks like, you know, the goal is to get that out and and to totally uh, redesign it in a way that's going to be, you know, a better function. But then the right to repair side is critical because if, you know, consumers, especially on the software side of, of vehicles, are sort of locked out of their of their vehicles or on the heavy duty side, if you're locked out of your truck, you can't diagnose the faults, you can't figure out what's wrong. Um, then there's a whole other issue with, you know, do you even own your truck, right? Do you, <laughs> yeah. do you even have the right to repair it? And, and ultimately, you know, we in the aftermarket have been, you know, very strong in saying, yes, right, you buy a vehicle, you have the right to repair it in any way. And I, I think right to repair has come a long way over the last, you know, 30 years. 
you know, there was a point where the OEs would try to say, well, if you repaired your vehicle at all, it was out of warranty. And, uh, and obviously that's been, for the most part, you know, challenged and knocked down. But, you know, now as we look to the future with how much software is embedded in vehicles now, and with you know how much diagnostics are controlled by by the vehicle software, you know it's critical to maintain access in there to, to figure out what's going on. So you know you mentioned that whole thing with OEs, and you know I can tell you I don't think a lot of OEMs really like what Diesel Laptops does. You know we get letters once in a while from attorneys. I'm assuming Dortmund's <laughs> the same way. They may not like what you guys are doing in some situations, but it does come down to what's best for the customer in a lot of cases. So just this literally just happened here at Diesel Laptops where. We have some big clients that are buying these multi-brand off-highway diagnostic machines. And one particular OEM went to the three biggest ones that we deal with and said, look, we know you're buying from diesel laptops. We know what tool they have. We, we know what it does. We also know what it doesn't do. But every time you guys connect it, it's going to avoid your warranty on this, on this particular engine or equipment that you bought from us. And in all three cases, we were kind of worried when they called us. But in all three cases, these people buying that equipment just pushed back and was like, well, first of all, what you're telling us is a lie. That's not true at all. You can't avoid your warranty by using an aftermarket diagnostic tool. And two, if you guys want to keep selling us your equipment, you guys better figure this out real quick instead of come crying to us because we're not going that direction anymore. Do you guys get a lot of pushback from the OEMs or do you see them trying to do a lot of things to prevent you guys from doing your job in the aftermarket space? Or what's it like working with those guys? Yeah, so there's there's you know a couple sides of that. I mean, yes, we get pushback all the time. So one of the things we see is the patents around products. So you'll get design patents, you get um, you know functional patents. So we'll be really aggressive on that. So every time a part goes through our review, we have patent attorneys on site who are going to look at that to determine if it's patented today, and if so, you know, can we find a way to design our own version that's got to be safe from that patent, and can we actually improve upon the original patent and ultimately put our own intellectual property on it? Then the second piece of that is exactly what you said there, which is, you know, right to repair the diagnostic side. Can I get into the platform? Can I use the third party software to figure out what's going on on my vehicle? Or does the OE have to be the one to diagnose? Now, now your point there, you know, you really hit where there's, there's a little more leeway in heavy duty because a lot of the purchasers of heavy duty vehicles are not individual consumers, but are large businesses. You know, a lot of them came back when a lot of the um, the diagnostics first started picking up and said, look, this is great, put it in there. But I'm going to tell you right now, if you don't give me, you know, free access to it, I'm going to go over to your competitor and, and place, you know, my thousand power unit order with them. So, you know, thankfully, that market dynamic has helped a little bit on the access side. And then software is the last piece, right? So you obviously can't just take someone else's software and use it as your own. And everything's getting more and more complex. You know, it used to be that, a, say, a window switch was just a window switch, right? It was the actual physical switch. Well, now for a number of them, you've got the actual module mounted right onto the bottom of that so that you have to have your own programming in it. So instead of the, the vehicle controlling, you know, the anti-pinch and the speed and all that, the actual switch is going to have a module in there. So when I look at Dorman, I'm just incredibly proud that I would say over the last 10 years, we went from, you know, really reverse engineering mechanical components. And what we're now seeing is our own design created software that our software engineers are creating. And we're seeing that in other products out in the market where we're now having to go out and protect our own intellectual property in our own software development. Yeah, it's really crazy how things are, tr you know, moving again from truck. I, I see automotive, right? You place a door switch on automotive. You gotta, you gotta do some programming event to make that thing work, and that traditionally hasn't happened in in truck, but it is there for some things. And I know you guys recently came with a VGT actuator, and there's some other ones. 
those things do require calibrations once they're installed on the vehicle. And you talked about the software side, same thing. We have software now that can do DPF regens and change parameters. And people are like, man, how do you get away with that? I'm like, well, there's nothing illegal about us making our own code to do the same thing that somebody else's software has done. Now we can't go take that software and crack it and copy paste and put it in and say, oh, we did it. You gotta do it in a right legal way, but that's that's totally along those lines. So you talk about some of the complex electronics. Do you mind talking about the VGT actuator that you happen to mention? Yeah, that? it's, it, that's a great example. So you're exactly right. The VGT actuator is one of our first parts that does require like, OEM level or OEM um, service grade, um, you know, calibration work. So the VGT actuator, it's a plug and play component, but that actuator does need to be calibrated to the turbo itself. So what we found is a lot of people in the market figured that, okay, I could, I could go get the aftermarket part, but I'm going to have to still take the truck over to the dealer to get it calibrated. And, uh, and the dealer is going to push back saying, well, it's not a, a genuine part, so we're not going to do it. But what you know, we're focused now on is saying, you know, we've got to, we have to just work harder, right? We've got to recognize that the person throwing the box away has to do another step. We've got to work with companies like diesel laptops to train them, teach them how to do that work, show them that the OEM level software is available out there. And, uh, you know, working together, make sure that that information is available and the actual software to do that kind of calibration is available as well. Well, it's been impressive to watch Dorman grow through the years. I think it was like five or six years ago that I actually saw my first Dorman catalog and was like, man, they're, they're making some cool stuff. And obviously follow you guys. I'm on, you know, I got invited to the, the Dorman ambassador group on Facebook and, and those types of things. So it's, it's just really cool to see how it all works, not really on the diagnostic side, which we're into and the repair side, but actually the part side. And, you know, I think it's a better thing for the customer at the end of the day to have options. And that's really what it comes down to is saying, look, that used to be dealer only. Now you have a second option. It's a high quality option. It's going to save you some money. Typically, your guys are priced below the OEM level, right? So it gives them customers right. some peace of mind and saves them some money. And they got a product, great product name to, to stand behind it. So, Daniel, if people want to learn more about Dorman or Dorman HD or connect with you, what's the best way for them to do that? Yes, yeah, so our, our website is DormanProducts.com. And on the HD side, it's DormanHDSolutions.com. Uh, any questions direct, my name is Daniel Simon. My email address is dsimon at dormanproducts.com. We'd love to hear from you guys, engage with anyone and tell you more about what we're doing and see what we're missing that's, uh, that's needed that right now is stuck at the dealer. Well, hey, you guys got a great thing going there at Dorman. It's been, like I said, a pleasure to watch you guys grow. I know we're working on some different projects with Dorman. Uh, you know, we just, we love what's going on. We're pro aftermarket. You guys are pro aftermarket. And anytime we can find people like that, I think it's a great thing for everyone. So there you go, guys. Another great episode. Again, thank you for to Daniel for coming on the episode. And, you know, I can always say it's diagnostics done right, but it's also parts done right. You got to have the right parts to fix your truck. Take a look at Dorman next time you're needing something. We'll catch you in the next episode. Thank you very much for watching and listening. Thank you.